everybody and welcome to this week's podcast. My name's Kimberly, and I'm founder of Casey Consultancy, which is an international hub for supporting early years teaching, training and support. And at the heart of all the work that we do, we're focusing on empowering you as an early educator to be the very best version of yourself. Because if you're not looking after yourself, you can't do a great job with the children. Okay, well, welcome. I think we're on to episode four now of the podcast. Can't believe the amount of lovely feedback I've had. Thank you so much. It's lovely to receive emails asking for for more episodes to become available. So I really am grateful and appreciate all the kind words that you've been giving. Obviously, I'm not a natural when it comes to public speaking and creating podcasts. So the fact that you're just tuning in and listening and maybe just taking some little nuggets of support or advice from this, um, I, just, I just hope it helps and I hope it's, it's working for you. Okay, well, today I was having a think about what I would talk about. And something that came into my mind, um, something that I'm seeing quite a lot at the moment, is the fact that stress and being unhappy at work is having a really negative impact on the body. So I thought I'd talk about that today. And we could think about some of the ways that we might support ourselves with stress, with some quick fixes and some things that we might be able to just try when we're in that moment and feeling really... um, worried and anxious and then we're going to think about the children as well because obviously we're not the only ones that feel stressed and feel worried when we're in the workplace we're working with children and often their stress looks very different to the kinds of stress that we feel and we experience so we're going to talk about what we can do to support young children with that as well okay so stress and what it feels like well I think that it's really, um, really sad to see so many um, people in early education suffering from stress. Um, A recent survey showed that 75% of the early years workforce are feeling like they've got a stress level of three to five. Um, so that high, that medium to high level of stress is experienced day to day by most people in the profession. And that's, that's really alarming, isn't it? And that's one of the reasons why I decided that as a, an early years educator and trainer, a consultant, that I needed to focus my time and energy on this because we can't keep going like this. Otherwise, I think the whole industry will just explode, will just pop and there'll be nothing left. Um, and having experienced high levels of stress myself while working as a leader, Um, I know what it feels like and I've been able to find strategies that work for me so that I can carry on doing a job that I love without feeling that that level of stress and so yeah I want to help you and I want to support you as best as I can. So I think one of the main things that people talk about when we're discussing stress in the workplace is the fact that they're so overworked and the fact that we've got technology available to us now throughout the day, throughout the night, we're never ever switching off properly from work. And we often probably look at what we're getting paid and we think, gosh, we're doing such an important job, but actually the work that we're doing and the pay that we're getting for it 
that's just not reflected at all. And so that can lead to levels of stress as well. I know when I was working as a leader, and I do apologize, you've probably heard this story now a million times, um, but when I was working as a leader, I, I found times when I was just pushed to my absolute limit. I was working long hours, I felt dreadful. You know, I'd wake up and my head would just feel groggy. I'd probably snooze my alarm clock quite a lot, um, not wanting to get up when my alarm went off um, at 6am. I found that I would be trying all these different skincare products, trying to hope for a miracle that my skin would just look like it was glowing. But instead, I was spending all this money on skincare and my skin still looked grey, it still looked dull because actually I wasn't taking care of the inside of my body. And there's only so much that, that skincare products can do for us. It doesn't matter how much we spend on them. If we're not feeding ourselves with the right kinds of food and we're not doing exercise and we're not getting enough sleep, we're never going to look great, no matter how much money we spend. Um, but I didn't seem to realize that at the time. So I was spending money on makeup, trying to then cover up those dark circles underneath my eyes from the lack of sleep. Um, and then because I wanted to get to work early so I could get a head start on all the jobs I needed to do, I was grabbing, um, you know, maybe a cereal bar or a piece of fruit and I was eating it on the go, usually grabbing a coffee as well at the same time. And just having far too much caffeine and rubbishy food, that that just wasn't contributing to it at all. And we do end up in that vicious cycle of working hard, never really feeling like we're achieving the things on our to-do list, going from meeting to meeting, running out of time to action, all of those things that we need to do. And yeah, like, where does it stop? We end up taking it then into our evenings when we get home from work, we get the laptop out, we've got our phone pinging away with notifications and we never switch off from it. And our brain, when we're trying to get to sleep, is just whirling away thinking of all the things we still need to do. Um, and I think the tipping point for me was when I got a message from my head teacher um, saying, oh, how about we meet at six o'clock in the morning tomorrow when we go through that list of things we want to get through because we just haven't got any more time in the day. And I remember thinking, yes, I like getting into work early before the rest of my team get in. So I've got a head start on my work. But six o'clock in the morning, goodness me, that's very early. And that's just enough for me. You know, I'm working all these hours and I, I physically can't do any more. And it was starting to impact on the way that I was with the children as well. I was with the children, but was I actually with the children? You know, I'd be interacting, but my brain would be elsewhere thinking of, oh, well, if I can just whiz on and do this while the children are doing that, then yeah, things will be better. So yeah, I've been there. I know how it feels. So let's try and think of some ways we can stop that stress from escalating. Um, you know, research tells us that when we are experiencing stress in the workplace, it's leading to insomnia. So the stress is making us have um, bad sleeping patterns. Perhaps we're not able to switch off and fall asleep when we get into our bed. 
or maybe we're the other way around. We fall asleep really easily because we're absolutely exhausted, but we're finding that our sleep patterns are being broken up by nightmares. You might even be thinking about work as part of your sleep routine and pattern. Um, I don't know if I have told you this before, but I have a dislike of spiders. Well, not a dislike, but I have a little bit of a fear of spiders. Um, you know, quite a common fear. Um, they just, I think it's that element of surprise when you see a big spider on the wall next to you and it's like, oh, I wasn't quite expecting that to be there. And yeah, I'm just not a big fan, unfortunately. But then what I find is that when I'm asleep during the night, if I'm worried about something, that worry about work will present itself as a spider nightmare. So when I'm really, really stressed with work, and I'm fast asleep, I'll find myself having nightmares that there's a spider in my bed. And there isn't. But in my, in my head when I'm asleep, I see this spider sat on my pillow. And I end up having some sort of, um, I don't know, weird episode where I wake up, scream that there's a big spider in my bed, wake my partner up who's got quite used to this now um, and I fling my body out of bed as fast as I can to get away from this spider and I've ended up bruising my body um, spraining my wrist I cut all my hand open once on a piece of furniture um, and yeah it's not good but I notice when I look back at when these episodes have happened that it's when I've been really stressed and worried about something. So I felt myself how stress can transform itself into that insomnia. Another thing that we feel is our muscles ache. It might feel like you've been um, you know, at the gym or it might feel like your body is really heavy and doesn't want to move. I know for myself, I felt like there was a big weight on my shoulders and on my neck muscles and I didn't necessarily realize it until I stopped feeling it and my body just felt like it was lighter. It feels like you've been lifting lots of weights, you know that sort of ache that you get across the top of your back and your shoulders, it felt like that but I hadn't been lifting any weights. And so I knew that it wasn't. But when I came out of the stressful situation I was in, I suddenly just felt, oh, my body feels lighter. It feels so much, so much better. And um, so some other things that we might feel is increased blood pressure. So when we're stressed, our body produces a surge of hormones, which leads to our heart beating faster and the blood vessels become narrow. And when this happens, this increases our chances of having a heart attack or a stroke. So stress is a really serious thing. And if we're constantly anxious or stressed at work, that long-term impact on our blood pressure leads to a greater probability of us having a serious issue like a heart attack or stroke. And that effect of chronic stress can then also lead on to other illnesses as well, because we're constantly having a stress and a strain on our immune system, and that leads to us weakening it. So we can end up having chronic stress related illnesses as well, which then leads to ourselves and our employees taking more sick days off work. Um, and it just turns into a really vicious cycle. 
And then I think all of that leads to us feeling really tired all the time. And so we're wanting to have naps on a weekend. We're wanting to have, um, you know, sleep-ins. Um, and yeah, we just feel like all our energy is zapped. So being stressed is really not a good thing. And there are some simple things that we can do. You know, you'll have heard me talk before about some of these strategies and the fact that we need to try and find more happiness at work. And it might be that you're working in a workplace that doesn't really value you as an individual and they don't, they don't really care about you. When I was working as a leader, I had another leader above me, which was my head teacher. And my head teacher didn't really care about me. She wanted me to get the jobs done that I was there to be paid to do, but my own well-being wasn't valued. And being asked to come into school at six o'clock in the morning for a meeting really showed that. So, yeah, like I did, don't feel you have to put up with that. Find a workplace that loves you, that values you, that nurtures you. And that's what I did. I found a really wonderful school to be in. And the head teacher really prioritised mindfulness and well-being sessions for all of his staff. In fact, once a week we would meet for 15, 20 minutes with um, a mindfulness teacher and we'd have these one-to-one -one sessions where we could look at our own stress levels. And that was a really important investment that that head teacher made because he knew that by doing this, he would get more out of his staff and they would be happier and they'd want to be at work. So think about where you're working. Some of the things you might want to try, box breathing. So this works really well for me. And I know other people that I've worked with that have tried it and said, yeah, that was a good technique. So imagine a square or a box. Um, it could be that you're looking around your room now and you notice that you've got a picture on the wall or the TV or a computer screen. And next time you're feeling anxious, I want you just to imagine that box and take a deep breath in. And as you're taking that deep breath in, in your mind's eye, you're drawing a line down that side of the box. And then as you breathe out, you're drawing a line across. And then you breathe in and you draw a line up. And then you breathe out and you draw a line with your breath across to make your complete box. And I just uh, repeat that a number of times. And by focusing on my focusing my brain on that it's stopping me from having as many anxious thoughts which allows my breathing to calm down often when we're stressed we don't use our full lung capacity so doing an exercise like the box breathing really just helps to tune into the lung capacity that we've got and also it's a really quick fix we can do that type of exercise wherever we are you know, I've used it on an aeroplane when we've been um, suffering quite a lot of turbulence and that's helped me. I've been in a classroom when I've been having one of those days where everything just goes wrong. You know, you've had children filling the sinks with toilet paper and flooding the bathroom. You've had another child that's had an accident at the other side of the classroom. Your support has rang in sick that day and you've got a different member of staff. And yeah, we all have days like that. So, yeah, you can easily just take 30 seconds to a minute just to try that. And it can be done anywhere. Um, it doesn't take very long to master either. You know, often when I talk about things like the, the guided meditation or yoga, 
you you kind of need to do it a few times to get used to it but this you don't need anything fancy and you don't need any prior experience with it it just can be done and it's just helping to have that reverse effect of stress response and it's just thinking about avoiding those negative feelings that you're getting as well at that time um one of the other things I like to do, and I do this every morning as part of my morning routine, is I've used um, the app Pinterest to create a vision board. So on there, I put things that make me smile. These could be quotes, there could be pictures, and there could be things that I would like to achieve, short term or long term, that I'm focusing on that's going to make me happy. So for instance, I have got photographs on my vision board of places that I'd like to see, things that I'd like to experience. And I look at the vision board every morning or when I'm feeling worried or anxious, you know, those days when you're thinking, why am I doing this job? Well, I'm doing it so that I can then um, have many so that I can then have lovely experiences with my family and friends and I can go I can have petrol in my car to go on a lovely road trip or I can fund a flight to go to Greece and see some family, whatever. So having a vision board helps you to stay focused on your goals and your achievements and just help you go in the right direction. So I sometimes just spend a minute looking at this. Another thing, I don't know about you, but I have been so guilty of this in the past. So when I've been feeling stressed, and I've been feeling tired, I've not wanted to get up on the morning. And the morning has been the most tricky part of my day. Now, I read a book called The Five Second Rule, and this book really did transform my whole approach to managing uh, mornings. So in this book, the author talks about if you press snooze on your alarm, you're giving the message to your brain that you're snoozing on your life. And this is so true. Instead, the author talks about count down from five, five, four, three, two, one, and make that decision and get up. Because the longer we um, procrastinate, I can speak, procrastinate and put something off, then the, the more time our brain has to convince us that we don't need to do it. So yeah, try and use the five second rule. It works if you're going to have a difficult conversation with somebody. Um, count five, four, three, two, one, and go and do it. Perhaps you've been putting off sending an email. Five, four, three, two, one. Start writing it and send. So try and try and bring that five-second rule into your life. Um, and it really has made a big impact on on the way I'm making decisions as well. Um, so yeah, give it a try. Let me know how you get on. Um, something that I used to think worked, which really doesn't but I found out maybe the tricky way was that when I was having a rubbish day I would think to myself right you know what I'm going to come home switch my laptop on and I'm going to do a bit of online shopping going to buy some new clothes buy a new pair of shoes because that's going to make me happier and you know what it did it made me happier for about half an hour but then that feeling of happiness would wear off and the anxiousness would come back so instead, I've spent quite a bit of time looking at research into buying and money and does it actually make us happier? And I've seen that actually it doesn't. 
yeah, we need to earn a good amount of money so that we're stable and we're comfortable in life. But buying material things doesn't make us happier. And I think this is why the Danes don't have the most luxurious um, car or have the latest handbag because they've realized that actually money doesn't buy that kind of happiness. And instead, when we have an amount of money to spend, we want to be asking ourselves, can we use this money to pay for an experience that might make us happy? So could we use the money to take our family out for tea and create a memory of that lovely get together? Could we use that money to buy some new plants that we can plant with our children? And then we can see them grow and we've got that reoccurring happiness year on year as that flower blossoms. Can we use that money that we've got to go on holiday or go on a picnic into the Yorkshire Dales and create those lovely memories? So we're not using money to buy happiness. We're using money to invest in happy memories instead. And that's, I think, our turning point, really. So yeah, if you're having a bad day and you think, right, I need to buy something new, think about how you can make it into creating a lovely, happy memory instead. And then my last tip for you is when you're feeling stressed, think, have I had enough water to drink today? Because often stress is linked to dehydration. So when we're stressed, we often haven't had actually enough water to drink during the day. And dehydration really affects our mental performance. So when you feel that headache starting to come, pour yourself a big glass of water. I said earlier that mornings were my trickiest time of the day when I felt really stressed. And so I made a quick change to my morning routine. I'd start the day by having a big pint of water and getting that water into my system. It, I think during the eight hours that we're asleep, our body does naturally just lose some of that water and we can suffer from dehydration, especially if it's been hot in our room. So start the day with a big glass of water and you're putting that moisture back into your body and your body's going to feel more alert and ready to go. And you're going to have less feelings of grogginess then as well. So that's us and there are a few things that we could try for our own stress levels to try and combat the impact of stress on the body. Um, but what about children? Um, I remember when I worked in year one and at the time, this was quite a long time ago now, we had quite a formal approach to teaching in year one. The school I was in didn't really buy into play-based learning, even though we know all of the wonderful impact this has. And the children in year one would go from a very full, sorry, from a very play-based reception class to a very formal sit down and listen year one um, curriculum and class set up. And that was having a big impact on the children's amount of days they were coming into school and their attendance rates. And when we started to look into it more and do some more research on the types of provision we had for year one children, we saw that many of our children complained of headaches, feeling dizzy, feeling sick. Um, and then we realised more that this was their body's way of telling them they weren't happy at school. They didn't enjoy being there. And so as part of the project work that we did in year one, we looked at bringing more play-based learning in. 
and we found that our attendance rates went up for the year one children um, and no longer after a couple of years of doing this project and implementing it did we see that big dip of attendance for year one when we looked at the whole year the whole of the school's attendance data um, so yeah the way that you approach your education and your philosophy can have a big impact on the way young children feel um, and some of the things that we can do to help children are feeling stressed is we can start our days with them by offering some calmness maybe having some breakfast available for the children and um, so they can just come in and access that as part of their free flow provision we might want to have um, some yoga that we start our day with we might do a simple breathing exercise. I used to like getting all my children to lay down and we'd lay on our backs and we'd pop a beanie toy or um, a bean bag onto their chest. And then we'd say, right, we're going to do some lovely deep breathing in and out now. And as we breathe, we're going to try and make that beanie toy move up and down. And I'd put some lovely, gentle, relaxing music on. We'd have some lovely flickering candles and some lavender room spray. And it just helped us start our day in a positive way. I might even read out a visualisation about how our bodies are floating on a cloud and the sunlight's warming our bodies up. And do a little bit of a body scan as well, talking about how the sunlight's warming our toes up warming our legs up and move our our visualization up the body so the whole body feels relaxed um our huga in early years conference which is coming up next month has got a wonderful mindfulness teacher um as part of it as part of the session and that's jude from nurture and learning and she's going to be talking um her way through how we can support all of the different senses that our body has um, and, and help children manage stress through a, a multitude of mindfulness activities. So I'm really looking forward to learning more as well from Jude um, because I find tools like visualization and yoga so powerful um, and, and they really do have an impact on children. I love using clay as well and getting the hands to manipulate and get rid of some of that negative energy that we've got in our bodies by using things like clay and paint to just try and move those feelings through the body. So there are a few tips and tricks of what you might want to try with the children and yourself to try and stop that negative impact stress has. And if you give any of these tips and tricks a try, I would love to know. Do get in touch, drop me an email, send me an instant message, and I'll do my best to get back to you. I like to know that I'm not just talking to my computer when I'm doing these podcasts, and I do have people out there, even if it's just one or two of you, if I can be showing that I'm helping you and you're having an impact now as a result of this in your day, then just let me know. And that, then I can keep doing these podcasts and feel like I'm helping. Okay, well, I'm going to go and get busy now. I've got a to-do list of things I want to get through during my day. So I'm going to go get on with those and I will speak to you all next week. Have a lovely day. Bye. Bye.